your voice and praise to the powerful, mighty, glorious, matchless name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to do one more song, but I want to just encourage each and every one of you. Frank Bono was a worshiper. He was a part of this team, but he didn't only worship when he was on the platform, but he would worship in his seat. Even if he couldn't stand, he would be seated, but he would lift his hands in praise and worship to the Lord. So I want us to sing one more song in honor of Frank, but to the glory and the honor of the name of Jesus, whom he loved and whom he worshiped. Let's worship. Let's lift up our voice all over this place. Come on, let's praise. Let's worship. Let's honor that name, which is above every name, the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Would you give a clap of praise to the Lord? God bless you, God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Thank you, singers and musicians. Well, once again, I'd like to welcome family and friends of Frank Bono. 
as we gather together uh, to remember his life. We, we do mourn, but we also, we celebrate. We celebrate his life and all that it meant. D.L. Moody, a powerful evangelist in the 1800s, once said, someday you will read in the newspapers that D.L. Moody of East Northfield is dead. Don't you believe a word of it. At that moment, I shall be more alive than I am now. I, have, I shall have gone up higher, that is all, out of this old clay tenement into a house that is immortal. A body that death cannot touch, that sin cannot taint, a body fashioned like unto his glorious body. This morning, Frank Bono is more alive today than he has ever been because he is in the presence of the Lord. I've had the pleasure as pastor of Victory Church for 32 years. Um, Frank has been a part of the church for, I believe, around like 15 of those years or more. And I've known him for probably um, close to 25, 30 years. And Frank was, was an amazing guy, as you all know. And I personally just came up with an acrostic for his name, for the word Frank. And I'd like to just share just a few personal comments. Uh, as a pastor, uh, you pastor all kinds of people, people all throughout the years, people who come, people who go. And uh, Frank was special. Um, those of you that are part of Victory Church, um, you need to step up. Because he was really a great guy and he's going to be a great boy. For Frank, the word F I chose in faithful. He was a faithful supporter of this church and of me as his pastor. You could always count on Frank. He would always be here Sunday morning for our worship services, Wednesday night for our life groups, uh, for different events. And not only was he here, he was here early. And there were times he would beat me here. And that took a lot. Not many people beat me to the church. But he would be here. He was so, so faithful. Sundays, Wednesdays, special events. Matter of fact, my wife, many years ago, she, um, she began what she called Mother's Prayer on Wednesdays. Every Wednesday, uh, just to pray for our children. And uh, anybody, any of the mothers could come. And so Frank started to come. So we asked my wife, he says, can you change the name? Can you change it to Parents' Prayer? And my wife most uh, gladly obliged, and Frank would come faithfully to pray. And I just want to say, uh, he loved you, Julia. He loved his children. He really did. He really did. He, he just had just such a love for you, and he cared for you deeply. Frank was faithful. He was real. R. Frank never put on an ear about him that he was something that he wasn't. It was just so refreshing to be around Frank. And, and, and again, as his pastor, I wasn't just a, a, a pastor. I was a friend, and, and, and I got to know him really well. And, 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 and he, it was just refreshingly, uh, just refreshing how honest he was about his flaws and his weaknesses. He was just the real deal. A, appreciative. You know, you can do the smallest thing for Frank, and it was like you gave him a million dollars. I mean, he was just that type of person. 
the, the smallest thing I would do, the, the, the expressions of care or prayer or whatever, Frank would always respond with such appreciation. The word or the letter N, nice. He was just nice. You know, in a, in a crazy world, a lot of anger, a lot of bad attitudes, Frank was just nice. You know, my wife has a little, a little plaque uh, that said, if you could be anything in the world, be nice. And you know, the world would, would be a lot better place if we were just nice. Turn to the person next to you, say, just be nice. Amen. Just want you to help me this morning. Thank you. <laughs> but he was a nice guy. He was really a nice guy. And for the letter, uh, for the letter K, kind. So many in this church, and even in other churches, will tell you of his kind deeds. He was just, he was just a kind, kind person. This past uh, two weeks ago, um, he wasn't able to come to church because he was in such physical pain. And again, that was, that was not like Frank. I mean, uh, he was always here no matter what kind of pain. So you knew he had to really be hurting and incapacitated. And uh, so he missed church, but he watched it online. And he sent a text to one of the worship team members. And this is just an example of what a positive, uh, upbeat, encouraging person he was, just a kind person. He said, I watched the service and the worship team sounded great, exclamation point. We are a blessed church. Thank you, Jesus. And again, that just, that just shows, you, shows you his heart. Um, for many years, I was the recipient of a, of a, of a bag of spinach pies. Italian bread, cookies. I mean, Frank was a blessing to the point of, he was a blessing of five or 10 pounds too. But just, just such a giving and generous and kind person. He is, he is solely, solely going to be missed. And so we just, we just thank God for his life. And at this time, I'm gonna ask Pastor Mike to come. Pastor Mike, um, was asked by the family specifically um, to share a eulogy, and he also sat with um, Julie and the children and, and, and just kind of um, consulted with them. And so Pastor Mike's going to come and just take a few moments to just speak well of Frank. I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself shall be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. 
He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Just to echo Pastor Richard, we want to welcome friends, family members, and thank you for coming today. We gather together not to mourn, but to celebrate the life of a great man, Frank Foster. He was beloved. He was the beloved husband of Julia. Besides his wife, he is survived by his loving children, Jessica and Dan, cherished grandson, Cyrus, and dear sister, Lynn. He was a brother of the late Arnold Bono, and he is also survived by many of his companions. Anyone who knew Frank knew Frank. He was an open book to people and was someone you could feel safe around no matter what. I was able to sit with his wife, Julia, and two children, Daniel and Jessica. And I really enjoyed getting to hear the stories and memories about Frank as a husband and a father. His sense of humor was a common theme in all of the stories. Whether it was walking down the toy aisles with his wife, Julia, and turning all of them on, or taking a broomstick and sticking it through a hole in the floor while Jessica was on the phone to scare the life out of her, Frank naturally made us laugh. Frank loved his family, his love for his wife was something everyone knew. He wanted her at every church event just so he could meet her. This October, they celebrated 35 years of marriage, and that is something to be proud of. His children were so dear to him. He loved bringing them to the places he grew up and sharing the memories of his childhood. He loved Sunday dinners together. Some of the things his children remembered about him was his appreciation for things in life that most kids don't. He was a grateful man who would give the shirt off his back to someone in need. He wanted to be around his family as much as he could, even volunteering for lunch duty at Jessica's school. Well, I should mention it was his wife, Julia, who signed him up. But he loved every minute of it. As a father, Frank wanted the best for his children, including not allowing Jessica to date guys who were Red Sox fans. And I might add, it's a great thing that the Red Sox blew a lead at Fenway last night and lost to the Astros. Frank would have a fist pump for me on Sunday. Something that everyone knew about Frank was his love for his church. He was a faithful member who served on the worship team, and he opened the buildings before everyone arrived. Frank was an encourager, and he always made time to hear people. He was a man of prayer and spoke highly of everyone. He constantly talked about Jesus and had a hunger for God's word. He loved sitting and talking about the Bible and how practical it was for everyday life. Frank will be missed. His laugh, his sense of humor, and his ability to make you feel like you were the only person in the room. He was so passionate for the things of God. Even through physical suffering, Frank persevered. One of the hardest things was telling our two daughters that they would no longer see Frank but we were also able to tell them that Frank was no longer suffering from the pain. Frank is with the person who we most talked about, Jesus. As we sit and reflect on who Frank was as a man, we will find that a lot of his attributes and characters reflected Jesus. It didn't matter who you were, what you did, or where you came from, Frank made us feel important. I wanted to add something to the eulogy. 
we uh, dug back into the archives and found a moment where Frank was able to stand up here and talk to the church. And so we compiled some audio clips and just some words of Frank. And we hope that you can enjoy it. You know, you know it's a funny thing in the bakery business. And I, and I love the people. You know, I'm, I'm upstairs working and then I get, well, someone wants to talk to me. Okay, and I go and I say, well, what is it now? Do you have any sugar-free stuff? And I look at him and I says, this is a place where people come to get fat, not to get skinny. <laughs> you know? And a lot of times, we bring that consumerism to church. You know? And because, because things happen that we don't like to see, walls go up. And we miss blessings from God. It can happen to any, any. When I say us, I'm saying, I'm, I'm not laying the blame. I'm saying it, it could happen to all of us. You know? And if we open up our eyes to, to reality in the, in the life of God. See, the devil tries to rob. See, and and, and we, we think it be just words. But when we see it in, in action, you know, it, it's an amazing thing. You know, it, yeah, the, the devil goes about roaring, roaring lion. Only if we let them. And what I've learned in this past year is something I never learned before. is how to push back. You know, and that's something that we as priests of the family and our children need protection. We're going to build a children's church. We've got a youth room. We've got to pray for, for the children. Just because our children don't go to this church you know, just because, you know, a, a lot of things. These parents need help. They need our help. You know, and, and I've, we need people to battle, battle in prayer. There's a spiritual battle going on, whether we re realize it or not. I, I know uh, a, a thing that I keep to keep my faith up is I love looking at creation. And it's amazing things. Sometimes the littlest things that, I mean, we can look at a car. And see the technology in cars, you know, because my car, I got a brand new car, and, and it was by accident. And I, I didn't mean to. I hit a, during the fast, I, I hit a curb, and it, it was just too much damage on the car. But anyways, the car stops when something walks in front of it, you know. But the other day, I seen my dog, and before she goes to the bathroom, she goes around in a circle three times. God programmed that in her. You try that in your bathroom. I was dead. I couldn't find the toilet. But needless to say, you know, it's not easy. That's what I'm going to say. You know, Jesus died on a cross. Paul wrote his prison epistles in a prison that was a hole. You know, what could I bring? What could I bring to people, you know, to help along? You know what? I've been there, and I'm still here standing, not in my own strength. Nothing I have to offer you, maybe other than bacon. You know, as I said, that's not good for you. But I have life. Not only did he have life then, he has even better life now in the 
presence of the Lord, and uh, we are grateful for that. And we love you guys, the family, the friends. We're praying, but we know that Frank is doing what he loves to do, and now he can do it all the time, right face to face with his Jesus. Second Peter 1, 10 to 18 says, Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I am in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty, for he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice from which voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy the mortal dreams of man, where every tear will be left behind, but it must be in another time, oh, there'll be an everlasting light, shining a purest holy and every fear will be erased, but it must be in another place. Oh, oh, so I'm Jesus' face. Oh, my heart's been burning, my soul keeps yearning. Sometimes I can't hardly wait for that sweet, sweet someday when I'll be swept away to another time and another so tired of earthly things they promise peace but furnish pain all of life's sweetest joys combined 
could never match those in another time. Oh, and though I put my trust in Christ and felt his spirit move in my life, I know it's truly just a taste of his glory in another place. Oh, oh, so I'm waiting for another time and another with one look at Jesus face oh my heart's been burning my soul keeps yearning sometimes I can't hardly wait for that sweet sweet someday when I'll be swept away to another time and another place Amen. I would like to take just a few moments and read from the Holy Scriptures. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Paul writes, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. 
Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus shall we always be with the Lord. Verse number 18 says, Therefore, comfort one another with these words. I just want to take a few moments to just share a brief message from God's holy word. I've entitled what I'm about to share, Death is Defeated. Death is Defeated. Paul gives us a revelation that God gave him through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Because there was a lot of confusion and a lot of ignorance among some Christians in the first century. And he writes in verse 13 to bring clarity. He says, I do not want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be confused. I don't want you to be unaware. You see, that what, that's what God's word does. It brings clarity about all of life, but not just about this life, but about the afterlife. If you ever Googled the meaning or what the afterlife is, you will find so many belief systems, so many, so varied from the sublime to the foolish. And there is just so much confusion in the world today when it comes to the afterlife. But don't you think that God in his word would give revelation on such an important topic? Because we're all going to end up there. The last time I checked, the mortality rate for humans is 100%. Frank is just going ahead of us. But we're all going to spend someplace, somewhere in eternity. And so Paul writes, and through the revelation of the word of God, he dispels darkness to bring about the revelation of truth. The word of God dispels fear. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Concerning death, death is very real. Whether we live 60, 70, 80, 90 years, the Bible tells us it is appointed unto man to die once. You know the saying, two things you can count on, death and taxes. But it's true. We all have an appointment with death. And you see, without faith, without God, without his word, life would be hopeless. Think about it, how fast life goes by. Think about the brevity of life. The scriptures say, use many metaphors, life is, is like a vapor, life is a cloud, life is, is, is so brief, and it just speaks to the reality of eternity. So Paul is bringing clarity. He says, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning those who have fallen asleep, concerning those who have died. So he brings clarity, but he also declares confidently. Look what he says in the word of God in verse 15. For this I want you to know by the word of the Lord. You know what that is? That is a thus saith the Lord. That is an assurance. That is a, a, a final word of all words. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord. And he's declaring something confidently. It's not a hope so. It's not a maybe. But 
the confidence that there is a resurrection. And we know that we know that we know that Jesus Christ himself went before us. He died on a cross. He shed his blood for the sins of mankind because of his love and his grace for each and every one of us here today. And all of us are on a, a journey. All of us are at different places on the journey. And all of us, I'm sure, have experienced the measure of suffering and pain in this life. The only hope is that there is another place in another time when all our hopes and our dreams will be fulfilled when we have one look in Jesus' face. The scriptures tell us because he lives, we shall live also. For the, for the followers of Christ, the words of Jesus ring loud and clear. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, yet shall he live. Frank Bono is alive in the presence of the Lord. The reality of it is everybody wants to go to heaven. But number one, nobody wants to die. But we all will die. The most important thing is to know that Jesus went before us. And he defeated death. The Bible calls death the last and greatest of man's enemies. I have been to Israel, the Holy Land, several times. And there's a special place that every... Uh, tour every team will go to and it's called the garden tomb and they'll have communion there a special place to celebrate and remember Jesus's death his burial and his resurrection and the garden tomb is where it is believed that Christ was buried and you know you could travel the world and all of the tombs of religious leaders and they'll have their tomb and it'll say here lies Muhammad here lies Buddha here lies Confucius here lies Abraham but in that garden tomb in Israel, in Jerusalem, there is a sign over the entrance of Jesus' tomb that says, He is not here, He is risen. Hallelujah. And that what, that's what Paul is saying. He is saying that we believe that Jesus died and He rose again and He will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus. And we have that hope, we have that confidence and my last point and my last thought is receiving comfort. Paul would go on to say, therefore, comfort one another with these words. The scriptures say we, we mourn, we do sorrow, because anytime you lose a loved one, it is a time of sorrow. It is a time of mourning. But the scriptures tell us that we do not mourn as those who have no hope. There is a lot of sorrow in the world today. There's a lot of mourning. There's a lot of hurting people. But only Jesus, only God through his spirit can minister a comfort and a hope. And he desires to do that for each and every one, for the family today, for those of you that, that miss Frank, but, but also a little deeper in your own personal lives. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. What words are they? The words that we can be with Jesus. You see, the glory of God's presence is so powerful. Man cannot even 
comprehend in this world we have pleasure, in this world we have joy, but it is always punctuated with sorrow, with suffering, with, with, with bad feelings, with all kinds of confusion and chaos. But heaven is an uninterrupted place of joy and happiness in the presence of God. You see, for Frank today, or Frank going to heaven and walking on the streets of gold, they, the streets of gold are not going to capture Frank's attention. He's not going to be looking at the mansions that God has built for those who, who love him. Uh, he's not going to be taken up with that. It's not going to be the angels around the throne of God. But you know what is going to capture Frank's attention and affection? It's going to be the presence of Jesus. It's going to be the glory of God. It's going to be around that throne. The Bible says there was no, no man could number the angels, the, the, the multitude of people that are around the throne worshiping Jesus. Why? Because he alone is worthy. Because he suffered, bled, and died for you and I. We are unworthy. We are sinners by, by birth. We are sinners by nature. We are sinners by practice. Amen? Anyone not a sinner? I'll have you come up and take over right now. No, we are all sinners. And we are saved by God's loving kindness and his grace. But it takes a response to that. The Bible says that Jesus stands at the door and knocks. If any man hears his voice and opens up, he will come in. This morning, I know Frank. I know his life, I know his heart, I've heard him pray. You can tell a lot about a person, their prayers and their worship. And I know his heart was for people to know the Jesus he knew. And as a, as a pastor, as a follower of Jesus Christ, my heart is that people would get to know Jesus. You see, one second in heaven, I guarantee you, no one wants to come back. No more pain. No more sorrow, no more sin, no more weakness, no more suffering. And today, as Jesus, through his word, speaks to our heart, therefore comfort one another with these words. We receive comfort from God's words, word to know that it is not a maybe, it is not a wish, it is not a hope so, it's a true and living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This morning, I want you to know that there is forgiveness for every sin you've ever committed, that Jesus paid it all on the cross. When he suffered, bled, and died, he said, it is finished. He bore our sin. He took our place so that you and I could have an abundant entrance into the kingdom of God. What do you have to do? You have to do what mankind has a tough time with doing. We like to blame everybody else for our problems. We like to blame everybody for our issues. We have to take responsibility and say, you know what? I'm a sinner. I've sinned. Ask, and ask God to forgive you. Maybe you've never done that. I want to give you the opportunity. You say, pastor, preacher, I didn't come here to hear all this. Well, sorry, you're already here. And I'm almost done. So you made it through. But I care for you. Frank Bono cared for you. And I know his heart and the heart of this church and the heart of the ministry and the heart of Jesus is that all people could be forgiven, could have new life, and ultimately have eternal life.
I'm going to welcome and the team to come back to sing one more song and we'll close in prayer. You see, when the Titanic, that great passenger ship, sank off the coast of Newfoundland in 1912, there were over 2,200 people that were on board. There were 1,500 that perished and 700 that made it to safety. Do you know that in the papers, the newspapers days after, they had two columns. They had a column of those names that were lost and those names that were saved. There were over 1,500 lost. There were 700 people saved. You know, at the end of our life, it's not going to matter how much money we made, how much money we have in our retirement account, what kind of car we drive, what kind of accolades man has given us, what kind of trophies we had. All that's going to matter at the end of our life is were you lost or were you saved? Jesus came that men might be saved. This morning, I want to just, before they sing, I want to pray one more time. And I want you to open up your heart. And in the quiet of this moment, quietness, in, the, in the personal, this personal moment, I want you to just ask or evaluate your heart. And if you need to pray, I believe God will touch you right now. Father, I just pray over each and every person here today, wherever they're at in their journey in life, God, touch their heart. May there be some word, may there be something that I said that will ring loud and clear in their heart and in their spirit. God, I pray minister comfort to that, that person that has questions about their future. They're wondering about their life in their latter years. That young person that has questions. Father, touch each and every heart today. Minister your love and your grace. Draw each and every one closer to you. May there be true faith today. May there be a true response to you in the, in the quietness of these few moments. As we remember your servant, Frank Bono. Amen and amen. Would you stand together with me one more time and we're going to sing that old, famous, great hymn of the church, Amazing Grace. Dangers through many. 
let us pray. God, we thank you for an abundant entrance into your kingdom for your servant, Frank. God, we thank you for his life. We thank you for his legacy. We thank you for all the good seeds that he has sown in this, in this life. God, we just pray for a maturation. We pray for a, a, a fruitfulness. We pray for an increase in the seeds that he's sown, that there might be a mighty harvest that he won't see on this side of eternity, but he will know in heaven one day. God, we pray you would bless his wife, his children, his family, his friends, each and every person gathered here today. God, our lives have been enriched just through knowing Frank. And God, may we now go and do likewise. May we love others and care for others in a measure, in a way that Frank did. And God, we'll be sure to give you all the glory and the honor and the praise. For he himself, Frank, would, would, would surely echo these words and say it's all because of Jesus, of what God had done in his life. And God, we do honor you today, and we thank you for the comfort in the presence of your spirit. We thank you for this funeral service that there is mourning, but we mourn with a hope, and we also celebrate a life well lived. God, we pray your blessing and commit the rest of this day into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen.